Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Heroic Debate. Steve is with me as always, and Steve, may the fourth be with you. Ah, thank you very much. <laughs> I and also, and also, we would be. You. I sensed we would be recording tonight. You had a no. There was a there was a, a, a tremor <laughs> a in the force. There was a yeah. tremor, a tremor in the force. I, uh, no, it was a disturbance in the force. <laughs> it just has been of awakening. It Go came ahead. to me <laughs> that it would be ridiculous if we didn't record on this day of all days. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it seemed like an appropriate time. Yeah, it well, was about it's... time to kind of break break the silence and yeah, good. Yeah, we we refuse to let the 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 dark side of COVID nineteen stop us from broadcasting. Mm. No. Yes, it, it is. It is. A, it is a. It is a dark time in the. Uh, <laughs> In the universe, before, but for the dark times, mm-hmm. uh, I, think, uh, I, was, I think we're mixing mixing more universes there. But okay, no, that was uh, I literally. Is that okay, Lord so, of the Rings? Yeah. No, uh, it, it's funny because uh, we were just talking about this before we started recording. But I, you know, we've both been like with our families, like slowly going through the movies, and that was mm. that was something I remember from like for me. I think the high point of the prequels was uh, Ewan McGregor's portrayal of Obi Wan, uh, but it made me also like compare it to Alec Guinness. And granted, there's no real comparing the two, but it was interesting to see the mannerisms. And because of that, I picked up on like that's one of the things he says. Is, you know, you get when he gives the saber to, you know, Luke and he goes, oh, that was before, you know, the, for a thousand years, the Jedi's uh, protected the galaxy is before the dark times. Mm, That's where that came from. The dark and times, they lasted about cue, 20 years or so. Cue your nerd alert button. Okay, okay. <laughs> but we've been threatening to do a Star Wars-centric episode for a really long time, and there seems to be no better time than Star Wars Day to record that. So here we are. Uh, We are going to do, at the very least, a full hour on all things Star Wars. Uh, So batten down the hatches, uh, hand me the Mm. Hydro Spanner, and hopefully the Hydro Drive's working. No, no, pass me the Alluvial Damper. (laughs) No? No, the Hydro Spanner. That's not it. (laughs) Sure we We just finished watching Empire like right before this, and I have to say that's probably my favorite of the entire run of everything. I don't know why it's the Winter Soldier Star Wars movies. It is. It is the Winter Soldier. (laughs) I was. I was explaining to Liam too is that I have distinct memories of when that movie came out. uh, At the time, my family lived in Arizona. We would basically drive from Arizona up to Oregon to visit all our relatives that lived here, and we would spend time with with you know, both sets of grandparents and in this, you know, when the movie came out, we were spending time with uh, my grandmother on my mother's side. And my parents knew that I really wanted to see this movie. So they got tickets so that we could go see it. Like I wouldn't have to wait until we got back to check everything out. And as a kid, not knowing how movie deals and trilogies and things work, and you watch to the end of that of Empire Strikes Back and you're at the end of it going, what just happened? Where's the rest of it? (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) uh i know better now i know that the you know then there's some stories behind that too that you know the that that was still wasn't a sure thing that we would have got that third movie but thankfully we did and and more on top of that but yeah that was kind of crazy as a kid to like that was my first you know my first recollection of there isn't always a happy ending at the end of every movie Mm. 
Um, so uh, I, I mean, your, I, I have, your yeah. favorite, your favorite of the entirety. Oh gosh, no, 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 no! That's a trap. <laughs> it's a trap. That's a trap. Uh, uh, gosh, I you know I I've seen I've seen those lists online where people like to you know post their favorites in order and stuff like that, and I think you know there there are things that I can enjoy about all of them, and and really literally all of them. Yeah, um, I have to. There are no duds for me. I just keep coming back to Empire as like the one I mean, I've probably watched the most and still enjoy it every time I watch it. If I say if there's one that kind of rankles on me the most, it's probably Revenge of the Sith because we just we just watched it um, yesterday. We just kind of did like the we did uh, episode one, two, the Clone Wars animated series, and then the third one. And I think you know I was my wife and I kind of mystery science theater our way through it because we're we're so familiar with the movies we're just kind of mm-hmm. watching them because we're enjoying this lead up to May the Fourth and um uh we're kind of you know cracking jokes and stuff like that and it's just that the dialogue gets so two dimensional in the third one you know the the actors are just doing their best to work around it but I think some of the delivery is just so. Uh, forced they're not great they're not great uh their prequels are my least favorite of you know the body of work that's probably a safe thing to say in most fan bases you know most most fan groups of of, you know who like star wars is the, the prequels i mean but what i what i really like about it is when you know after a few years have passed where a couple you know years uh down the road from when the original releases and we've been through the clone wars series the Clone Wars has has done an amazing amount. They have they have made some some real light speed jumps to to connect some of the the crazy loose ends of of the prequel series, so that when you go back and watch them, you don't feel as bad that it that it somehow feels kind of rushed or forced, or that there's a lot of political jargon and talk happening like that. It's you know it it's it when when you watch the series it it is a political series it is it is something where you're watching a lot of negotiations you're watching a lot of you know alliances and and fractured bargains and things like that happen um with lightsaber fights thrown in for for good measure um but when you when when you watch the series and then you go back and and watch the movies it's kind of like the uh uh the mortar that 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 binds the stones together you know these and uh and makes it something a little bit more concrete. Yeah, so, I, 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 agree. I agree. I agree with you. Um, <laughs> yeah. the, the thing with the prequels, let's we'll just we'll start there because we'll start sure. at the beginning, so to speak. The prequels. Well, then we have to go back to Kotor, right? But no, no, no. no, no. <laughs> well, we can maybe have part. time. We'll t- we'll talk video games, but let's yeah. let's stick with the the film and subsidiary stuff for now. But the yeah. the thing with the prequels for me is that I distinctly remember I did. I think at at every point I enjoyed that first prequel and I think it was was going into it. It met the expectations that I wanted. Now this is coming off of someone who literally grew up with like episode four, five, and six. Um, They, it was interesting because my wife was telling the story to our kids about how they had re-released all of these movies to the cinema prior Mm -hmm. to the prequels coming out. So together, and she had not seen all of them in the theater, which to me felt, 
criminal, but you know, originally I can't, I can't, yeah, originally she didn't see them all in the theater. Now, bear in mind, my wife was born uh, the year that Star Wars was released. So, Hmm. you know, I was a little bit of a youngster, but my folks, uh, my mom in particular is a pretty avid sci-fi fan. So she wanted to see Star Wars and, you know, my dad and I went along with, with her. And uh, there's a, there's a great story we'll get, probably get to, uh, you know, how horrified I was of Darth Vader initially which is kind of the point I think that they're trying to get, but going into (laughs) the prequels, we'd had sort of this drought for lack of a better term of like, they'd done the three star Wars movies and for all, it was kind of like they put a bow on it and that could have been Mm -hmm. it right there. Um, And then they started kicking out novels and the novels were fabulous. I owned pretty much at one point, all of them and probably read every single one. I only think I hung on to a few of them you know, into now. Including the but, Lando series? <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, I read right. Stars, uh, the Lando, it's the Stars End series and the Corporate Sector stuff. Yeah, I read all, mm-hmm. all of that stuff at some Mind point. Mind Arp of Shiru and... Uh, yep. The, yeah. uh, even the, uh, I was trying to remember the one that uh, were, um, shoot, the something of Mirab- anyway, it'll come to me. The uh, there's like a Luke's solo story, like he does a solo adventure and ends up going Winter to the Mind's Eye. That's it, yeah. Alan Dean okay. Foster, yes, Alan Dean Foster, I, yeah. Because I loved his other work, and the fact when I Ooh, realized yeah. he started doing movie stuff, and that yeah, I oh, like, yeah. oh, I gotta watch, yeah. I gotta read that one too. That's, but there's an interesting to go back story to, behind that one, but yeah, to go back to the Phantom Menace. It was one of those things that was like this slow burn. Like we first, it was rumored it was going to happen. Then it was really yeah. happening. And then we started getting these snippets and bits and pieces of what we were going to get. And I think when you first started seeing those first visual images that you were going to see like the Jedi temple and you're going to see, like, it wasn't just like, it was Luke stumbling his way through learning how to be a Jedi. It was like, we were going to see full on like the Jedi. It's sort of like the height of their power. We were going to see Obi-Wan as an adventurer, you know, instead of, uh, where we see him in Star Wars, and it just fascinated me. And I think I didn't lose that going into the movie. In fact, it like raised the bar for a lot of what I wanted out of it because, like, they introduced characters like Qui Gon and Darth Maul, and you know, all this stuff that was like, this is yeah, this is just what I want. This is perfect. Uh, and then <laughs> you get to the and second then, one, and, and then, then just, you got it. <laughs> yeah, it's a, like the the uh, it. Yeah, I just. Mm-hmm. My problem, I think, with the prequels that just couldn't be remedied is something that you kind of talked about. It's just the the writing wasn't strong enough to make me believe the transition of Anakin from, you know, starry eyed kid to kid slot, you know, child murdering, you know, well, Darth it's, Vader it's like, at the end of it. It's like as if, as if somebody had written a synopsis of it and then just said, well, that's good enough. Just have them say those things. Yeah, and I, you so, know, <laughs> the are you still there? Sorry, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, but, but okay. we're no, we're, no we're each recording from our own homes, and I'm I'm hearing like disconnect, reconnect <laughs> button. So I'm I'm tones over still, my headset. So. <laughs> all right, I still hear you. So I think we're still good. Sorry. We're good. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say that uh, it, the tremendous, you know, factor of the Clone Wars series is how it told a story that made more sense and it was interesting Mm. going back and watching the prequels having watched now the majority of like going into the final season of that animated series of them trying to tie it like 
sometimes struggling, but getting there of like trying to tie up all these loose ends. But I will say the one of the biggest redeeming factors of that series is that I can see that transition. <clears throat> like you can kind of see Anakin changing during the course of the war and it makes it much more believable of like all the things that, you know, soldiers go through in war and stuff like that, and all the things he's seen and gone through. And, and on top of that, that sort of, as they always allude to that temptation, that if he just embraces a little bit more power, he can just stop the war and bring order to the galaxy. But by then he's gone too far off the deep end and he's doing it mm. for the wrong reasons. And, you know, if you took the middle movie out, <laughs> <laughs> like if we just remove <laughs> attack of the clones and put in the animated series and just go you know part of me just wants to say just watch the phantom menace the clone wars animated series in its entirety and then revenge of the sith and it to me that is a much more cohesive storyline but even on that you know re-watching it with my kids um it's kind of funny that maybe the standards I have are different because Liam grew up with the prequels as his star Wars. Like I've heard of other, like I've heard Seth green and some other people, you know, on TV talk. I like pop back on. <laughs> I'm sure uh, I'll hear it in the podcast when we release so it, it. So Discord's telling me to talk less is what you're saying. Oh, no, no. I... <laughs> uh, but anyway, like I say, is like Ahsoka is like sort of this like interesting thread that's being woven into like, you know, decades worth of content that I find kind of interesting from a storytelling standpoint. But definitely, you know, long and the short of it, my take is their prequels taken as a whole, not my favorite, but there's a lot of redeeming qualities to it. I watched all three of them again and I, I didn't cringe through it or like despise it. Like I, like there are other movies I look at and go, Oh, this just didn't hold mm -hmm. up. I mean, they're, they're still, they're pretty good. I mean, they're not the best, but they're not awful either. So that's kind of my take. So Steve, your take. Um, I grew up with Star Wars. I was born two years before it came out, and I think I played with the toys before I actually saw the movie. Um, but I was well steeped in Star Wars. My my childhood was well steeped in Star Wars. And um, if you hear sounds in the background, my kid might have just started crying. So I apologize for the extra noise there. No worries. <laughs> um, but uh, um. That's that's the thing about being kind of sequestered <laughs> at home here is that uh, we're around our families all the time now. Um, but I I will say that you know like we we had those movies and you know what I the the weird thing is that uh, yeah I was I was aware of the books being present I was aware of the books coming out in fact um, my neighbor um, who was a uh, an older guy in in um in the air force at the time knew that i was in the star wars and he said hey you know i've got this book uh, it's like console with stars in and he lent it to me for several weeks and i never really i never cracked it you know like i was i was like this isn't a movie so i'm just going to play with toys and whatever um so i was i was kind of aware in the, of the books in the periphery and i didn't i didn't get to them until sometime later um when i really hit my reading stride and, um, uh, but still the, um, you know, we didn't have the internet back then either. You know, we didn't have Google and we didn't have chat rooms where we discussed this. We had the playground and, and I can remember talking with people on the playground about what happened before Star Wars, you know, like, uh, oh, you know, Obi-Wan and Yoda fought Darth Vader before, you know, and he, you know, and, and 
forced him and he fell into lava or something like that. And I was like, hmm, okay, how did we um how do we know this? You know, who who came up with that? How did we hear that? You know, did mm-hmm. you know George Lucas gave an interview where he talked about what was gonna happen or something like that. But those are like I can remember having those discussions. And at, at some point you kind of tuck it away in sort of uh just like the the memory of you know discussions on the playground that you have you grow up you you, you your mind moves on to other things and then 1999 rolls around and uh suddenly it's like oh we are getting these oh my goodness you know here it comes actually i think there was talk even as early as like 1993 um i can remember going to college and hearing like george lucas to begin discussions about you know starting up the next star wars trilogy and stuff like that um so uh and just kind of watching it all happen in real time you know as as i'm living through it you know suddenly the like you said there was the that 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 period of uh famine (laughs) (laughs) where you had no star wars at all you just kind of had to fill your mind with stuff And, and granted i did kind of like um fill that with uh the books and then also um the uh the, the the lucasfilm license was kind of renewed and we got a whole bunch of like these uh supposedly in canon um things like uh heir to the empire and the timothy's on trilogy where we we're introduced mm-hmm. to characters like like thrawn and um uh talon card and and that uh you know mara jade and those characters who, who became part of the star wars um family um and and I and I I was into that at first. I was into I like, like like oh here's Star Wars. It's they're giving it back to us, but this time it's 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 now literary. Um, so the movie is all in my head at this point. And and then it seemed like, uh, and then another author wrote something, and then another author wrote something, another author wrote something, and then there was a comic book series. And Dark Horse released a comic book line, and it's like wait a second, no no no, now we're now it's like too many cooks. Um, uh. <clears throat> And suddenly everything was getting there was there was like too many people trying to you know slice their their piece of the the Star Wars pie you know like oh what if um, uh, this author kills off Chewbacca you know like one of my favorite authors one of my favorite fantasy authors wrote a, a book where uh, Chewbacca died and oh, was that like, uh, oh yeah we'll, okay. we'll, we'll, we'll get to the book. we'll get to the books yeah we'll, Vector, we'll get there Vector, but, but, the infamous Vector Prime. Oh yeah, I mean, like they they wanted to kind of like create their a new a new saga of sorts where the next generation comes up and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and they needed to they needed to kind of like realign the comic books and the um and the and the and the books and and the the, the books that were being published uh, so that they all told one consistent story and there weren't like these fragmenting storylines, and it turned into a mess. And I and I stepped back from it. I mean, I collected all the books at first, and then I was like, "Wait a second, these are just this is too much stuff going on here. I need to, I need to get back to be a, a bit of a purist when it comes in and say, okay, the movies are the prime source, and the books are kind of like this this fantasy what if, um, which literally, <laughs> literally, because there were some great what if books. Oh yeah, I mean, and 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 basically <laughs> Disney, you know, Disney decided to do the same thing. Funny enough, but we'll get to that. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. With you. It was like so we get, you know, the prequels were they were an interesting experiment. Um, but like you said, in between, you know, four, five, and six, we had like this just tremendous influx of like written material. And for me, as an avid reader, it was like something connected at that point where I understood movies cost a lot of money to make. And mm. you go back and see, <laughs> like, 
the they talk about how influential like the Star Wars movies were, but that they didn't necessarily in the scale of movies now, they didn't think they could bring in like as much money and you know how much risk there is to do it. So part of my brain started to rationalize like there just aren't going to be any more movies. So like what I'm getting in these books and stuff, it may be as good as it's going to get. And there is also at that time, uh, Dark Horse Comics uh, mm-hmm. literally started playing with the old Republic universe, which was I thought was I remember at that. the time, yeah, because they were now introducing us to all kinds of stuff that uh, they wanted to fill in, like the sort of ancient history. It was a safe playground because it was like you know, oh, yeah. a, th- a thousand years before, like before there were even you know, like prequels, you know? yeah. yeah. So, but it's like things like where the Mandalorians came from and like, you know, that there were mm-hmm. at one point, like hundreds, if not thousands of Jedi and Sith, you know, like there were like these, like two warring groups in and of themselves and, and what happened to make it to where there's only two Sith, you know, kind of thing. And the comics right. kind of told some of that, you know, the books kind of filled that in a little bit. And like I agree with you. Like, I remember like Timothy Zahn, when he wrote those original series was when I was serving overseas and a friend of mine at the time uh, had the first one, uh, Heir to the Empire. And I saw it in his library. I was like, I hadn't read anything Star Wars at all at that point. I was kind of still somewhat of a purist and just enjoyed the, you know, those, those three movies that were out. And he says, mm-hmm. no, like, this is like reading a movie. Like you really should, if you, if mm-hmm. you like Star Wars, you should definitely read these. So I read the first one. Uh, I was super won over by it. And then I just kind of kept waiting for the next ones to come out and bought those and, you know, had them. But I think it was because, you know, he was able to tell a story in a similar fashion to how the movies were delivered. And he had characters that were memorable, but new, like you mentioned, like Thrawn was like this sort of, vader-esque type character but in a different way like he was he was super smart like he wasn't physically imposing you know the guy was like a genius he was a a genius strategist he could outthink everybody Uh, it was kind of cool how he used like he could he could use art to interpret how a species would you know respond and and that was really cool to me um i think i think you know cut to several years later you know we can kind of cut through some of the history but we get to the point where um I remember I was um, on a trip to uh, to visit my girlfriend at the time, uh, who later became my wife. And I remember being on a plane, getting to an airport, and turning on the cellular on my phone and being bombarded with this news that Disney was now going to make the remaining Star Wars movies, the, the episodes 7, 8, 9. Mm-hmm. And I was going wait what does this mean you know like what are they going to do or is it going to be you know are they going to are they going to use the books for influence or i mean how are they going to um you know build what's what's happened you know 10 years later um and then the news came out that they're basically just discarding all of that they're basically saying well that's the extended universe you know we'll just say meh you know and what if um and and, and everything everything that had been written to that point was basically just thrown out the door now, I don't know how I felt about this at first. I was kind of like, well, I spent, you know, like a good decade or two cultivating this knowledge. <laughs> now I'm just asked to discard it because they're going to give us something and they're just going to do whatever they want with it. So there's there's definitely conflict happening, you know, in my head about how, how do I feel about this? Uh, well, you know, it's, it's new Star Wars, so that's good. But it's also, um, 
what do we do with this this knowledge that we've you know this mythology that we've built up in our head as well um yeah I think, you know, we're gonna have to rewrite it all of a sudden for me it was kind of a double whammy because i was with you i, I remember the stuff came out and like disney announced they were going to do um you know seven eight nine i was like oh it's going to be amazing to see the whole empire you know the the thrawn trilogy you know on film and then i took it my mentally i took a step back and went are they going to do that though i mean do they want to make something new are they going to follow this do i really want to see this or i want something completely new and i think i sort of gravitating to it would be really cool if they did something completely new however then i felt like they went completely off the deep end in that sort of devaluing the whole book universe like they when they relegate it to oh this is legacy stuff that it's great yeah. but but we don't want to do it and again the rational part of my brain reads that as disney doesn't want to pay the writers for the stuff they created which they would have to do if they used it if they make up their own stuff then it's not going to cost them as much and i was like that's just cheap i mean there's so much great substance in there uh people i think were co like coming into it saying i want to see mara jade you know, I want to see Thrawn. I want to see Talon Card. Like, these are characters that would be really cool to see, but we're not going to because Disney doesn't want to do it. Reason. And I think yeah. that was kind of a, it, that left a sort of a sour taste in my mouth. And then I kind of then started dwelling on the fact that the prequels weren't as a whole what I wanted. And I was like, man, this is, it's, it's going to be the prequels all over again. Um, and, you know, when we'll get into those movies in a bit, but um they kind of ended up in the middle a little bit like we got something new um mm. i you know I, well let's let's leave that to when we get to that so let's okay. um let's talk about um four five and six so we kind of okay. opened up with this like i know like empire is like of the entire like you know nine plus movies now uh, empire is one of the ones i keep going back to like i can watch that movie over and over again it's easily my one of my favorites but then again it was interesting as we <clears throat> were kind of going through the the movies chronologically and we were wa watch the prequels and we started to watch uh, a new hope and i realized as we're watching the scrolling credits it's like oh shoot we should watch rogue one that's the thing they're talking about right now you know my mm -hmm. my wife and my daughter are like yeah, okay let's do that so we stopped that and we went back and we watched rogue one and i realized how much i really like rogue one as well and again here's something brand new every character in that was pretty much a new character and it was substantial it held the mythology it told a new story with new characters it was great it was fantastic and then that kind of i think that movie may have renewed my fervor a little bit that you know something great could come out of doing something new with these licenses uh, going into it. But my heart is always kind of with four five and six. I mean, without those, we don't have any of the other ones. Um, it, I always found it was unusual, even as a kid where it says episode four, <laughs> like mm -hmm. what, did I miss some movies? What, I mean, what happened? And uh, you know, there's a story behind how Lucas couldn't sell the prequels. Like he, he could sell the idea of a star war, <laughs> You know, but not yeah. uh, like this. It was maybe not quite the right time to tell the first three. So he basically told the middle of the story because that was what could be packaged and and sold and got funding for. But but he did it. I mean, Star Wars to me is like it's the same reason I like fantasy. Like I think it's one of those weird movies that it sits in the fantasy and sci-fi genre 
equally well. Um, I, I think actually one of the coolest things about Star Wars has always been that it is science fiction, but they never talk about the science fiction part. Like they just kind of just throw hyperspace and light speed and ships and laser blasters and lightsabers at you without ever needing to really explain what they are. Like they just, they throw that out there and it's there. And then it, at that point, it's just, it's an adventure. Like all the characters are adventurers and they're on quests and things like that. And it's basically high fantasy, but in a, you know, sci-fi environment. And as a kid, it's just like, it was everything that you, that you wanted. It like spoke to every aspect of what I enjoyed at the time. Uh, I remember actually taking writing courses when I was in uh, college doing correspondence courses. And one of the professors I had uh, was telling us about this concept that there are only so many stories to tell. Uh, and I always forget like how many of them there are, but it's like, like 13 seven, or seven 12, or, yeah, seven <laughs> stories. And, and no, I was like, what? No, that's ridiculous. And he goes, all right, we're going to do a little bit of an exercise. And he goes, okay, well, how about that story where uh, the young prince uh, recovers the magic sword, is raised by a wizard to defeat uh, you know, the dark overlord or whatever. And no, no, uh, it's the, yeah, the, the guy raises, he raises his hand. He goes, yeah, it's Star Wars. He goes, no, I was talking about King Arthur. What were you talking about? I was talking about Harry Harry Potter, where the orphan... uh... (laughs) Exactly. But you start going down that path and realize that these similar stories are told over and over and over again. But what we care about are the characters. And, you know, it's the characters that we kind of go back to. Like, that. my problem with the prequels is that, you know, Vader is a very fixed character that I wanted to see more that reinforced that character. And when it fell short, I just, I wasn't super happy with it. But there's nothing to kind of not be happy about in like four five and and six and in particular you know empire was that one that had it like it it just it jumps right into it it's it it plows through a bunch of stuff and then it leaves you waiting for that next movie uh with all the unanswered questions but that there's something to be said for the original star wars movie taken as a whole that is just there's just something about it it like struck every possible chord uh, to keep me wrapped into this whole thing. And like, you know, one of my best friends from school, Don, I mean, he and I have spent, I don't know how many hours debating over like mythology that we haven't been told. Like, well, what if this, uh, oh no, I don't believe it could be that. And, you know, oh, you know, maybe it's this. And, you know, that just, it doesn't happen with a lot of other media. Um, you know, maybe the only other thing I'm as passionate about is comics, uh, Marvel comics in particular. But, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, you know, the, this story, even if you took it by itself, is great. But the fact that it spawned, like, all this other stuff that's equally good is just tremendous. But, yeah, I mean, Star Wars came out, uh, you know, I was young at the time. I was born in 72. And, mm-hmm. you know, my parents took me to see it. And there's, uh, they always talk about that opening scene uh, on the, uh, the Corellian frigate where the, you know, the doors blow up and the stormtroopers come in and, uh, you know, visually... You know, the stormtroopers have sort of that almost skull-looking, you know, helmet mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and and yet my parents distinctly remember that they didn't scare me at all. It was Vader that scares me. But you think about that scene; he comes in and doesn't do anything. He just walks through the halls. But he's the most scary thing, you know, out of those scenes. And I think that just is a testament to how that was filmed, how that was done. Is just that sense of menace that they pulled across with, you know, that creation in particular is just tremendous. 
but your um, take. I, I, I dis, I don't disagree at all. I, it is um. The 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 funny thing about that is it takes it takes a a universal story, but it also kind of like forces it through the filters of all the um the different types of movies that we've seen like uh war movies and western movies and samurai movies and uh uh flash gordon movies and things like that you know they're uh, the flash gordon-esque kind of like Mm. cheesy sci-fi it sort of um it upends all of those i was just telling my my wife as we were um we were watching episode one which um a lot of fans say you can you can leave that out when you're when you're rewatching it, you know, because it, it stands alone and it doesn't really do anything except introduce the characters. But but it's so cool to see the design aspects because they do really do try to go back and force that. But but it's it's you know if you've already grown up with with Star Wars, you've already seen that done really well. And and what you're getting with Episode One is a lot of polish. Um, that uh, computers have brought us, and you know, like the uh, movie making has. I mean, Star Star Wars was great when it was released because it referenced those other movies and kind of like showed us to showed showed us that that type of movie making through a different filter. Um, and one of the things that I noted, I said, like, uh, there are people who also around that time that you and I were both kids. You were seventy two. I was seventy five. Um, uh, year we were born in, I should clarify, um, that uh, depending on what you saw first, it really tainted how you viewed movies of that time period. Um, some people were really influenced by 2001, for example. But after you've seen Star Wars, you go to watch 2001 and it feels unbearably slow as a kid. It's like where where are the lasers? Where are the you know sword fighting? This is well, all um, phase, yeah, but it, you know you're not you know, wrong because yeah there's a there's a comment that Liam made as we start watching like The Empire Strikes Back and stuff like that. He goes, you know, I just think I like those original three movies because they're just they everything looks cleaner. Like there's so much everything's like well that cinematography is much you know better in some ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that I have a coworker. Uh, with someone we both work with that will argue the finer points of cinematography of mm-hmm. you know what they did with the models and reinventing how they did everything with every movie you know kind of thing versus how like by the time we get to the prequels and stuff it's like now it's just like it's just varying degrees of cgi like it's mm-hmm. there wasn't to a certain extent and like and you know even based off the industry your wife works in you know, there's a difference in the care of creating something with models and, you know, and things like that versus generating them through CGI that kind of maybe just creates a little bit of a different flavor that you're kind of alluding to. Uh, you know, I kind of felt the same when they did a lot of the add-ons when they were like re-released the Star Wars movies and they just put in all of this new stuff. And I kind of like looked at it and went, do we really need to see the, like the Jawas falling off the Ronto as a land speeder almost yeah. hits them. I mean, is that is that necessary? And I mean, how much did that cost to put in there and, and for what? To polish it a little bit, like you said? I mean, I, 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 I'd yeah. rather almost see those in their original, you know, format than, you know, how they kind of 
I, you know, well, touch them I mean, up things, later. Things, things like the Bantha and the Dewback. I mean, those are things that we actually had toys of back in the day, and and they were on screen for a couple seconds. Um, and then when you see them, and you kind of like, oh, well, that's how they move. Okay, they're they're you know like they're they're they are actually riding them. I get I get that there is a little bit of polish to add those in, but yeah, those that that little you know that that kind of that, that little business like here's a droid flying around in the background that wasn't there before. Why is it there? Who cares? You know. Um, or here's a, you know, like a speeder flying through town, you know, and knocking the Jawas off the Ronto, like you said. It, um, it was a little silly to have those uh, extra things in there. But I, I think they were just doing it to prove that they could. Um, yeah, I think I heard lots of stories that, about how, you know, Luke, this is like, oh, this is what Lucas would have done if he could have done it. And I was like, uh, maybe too little, too little, too late at this point. We always, I mean, we always meant for there to be, yeah, adats walking around in the background. Um, uh, but, but I mean, and don't even get me started on. I mean, oh. something that this drove me crazy about the reconditioning of uh, four, five, and six is that final scene in um, Return of the Jedi, where now it's yeah. no longer, uh, you know, the actor that, yeah, they yeah. they removed him and then put. Uh, Hayden Christensen and I was like what are they trying to say is like is like literally at the very end that Anakin's idealized version of himself is like <laughs> right before he turned to the dark side <laughs> well we had we had no basis for Sebastian Shaw being in that movie at all I mean it, it was the choice that the the filmmakers made at the time and no, I, I, I get mean, it. I I always yeah. read too much into some of this stuff. Like there may be nothing to it other than the fact that uh, maybe I, that their original intent was to tie it back to the prequels. But I uh, I, I just pulled up an interview. I mean, as as we were watching episode one, one of my favorite um, character actors, uh, you know, gem of the British theater and film, Brian Blessed, who plays Boss Nass mm-hmm. in episode one. He has that deep voice, and then he was on Flash Gordon as Voltan. Um, the and hawk, yeah, he, the king of the hawk people. I, yeah, I remember. Um, I remember reading an interview with him as episode one was coming out. I hadn't seen the movie yet, but he gave the most glowing, you know, interview about Star Wars, just like how how influential it was, and he talked, you know, about the rich mythology of it and how how excited he was to be a part of it and how appreciative he was for even people who had the smallest bit in Star Wars. And he he said at the time. Uh, 1982-83 when Star Wars, when Return of the Jedi was being filmed, that he and um, the actor who played uh, Anakin Skywalker, Sebastian Shaw, uh, were friends and um, they just in passing in conversation, you know, he said, uh, Sebastian Shaw said, oh, I've got this role and I'm playing um, some character uh, who, you know, Darth Vader and and Brian Blessed goes. You mean you don't know who that is? You know, like this is this is Darth <laughs> Vader. He's the you know like, and and just had to kind of fill him in. Like like to Sebastian Shaw, it was just a job. <laughs> yeah, in passing, you know, he did and 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 he said Sebastian Shaw did did later kind of did a bit of a, a bit of his research and kind of realized, oh Star Wars, oh yeah, uh, that yeah okay, but um so. It was it was just a it was just a role, and I I think there are even some people who were um, disappointed to to actually see Vader's face. Like it, it might have been more interesting to not not view him at all, kind of not not reward the the audience with that in the end. 
um, just sort of like have him take his helmet off and have Luke respond to him, but not actually see his face, you know, like let, let it be a mystery. Like it was an empire where you didn't, you didn't see him turn around in the chair or anything. Yeah. I, don't um, know, I, have, a, I have a mixed feelings on that. Cause I, my first thought as you were going into that was thinking, well, there's that whole line of like, let me look at you, you know, with my eyes is like, Oh, that would, but that would ruin that scene. It's like, but you know, you're right. They wouldn't have to show us his face per se. Uh, yeah, you know, they could just you know have him remove show, the helmet and show, like you can see him from the back of the head and you kind of yeah. get the idea. But yeah, I get you. So, so there was, yeah, there was there was that aspect of it. But if you watch the series as a whole, then seeing Hayden Christensen, you kind of go like, oh yeah, the guy who you know burned up in the lava and put the helmet on, he becomes that guy. You 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 make sense of it, uh, continuity wise. <sighs> But, um, but there was, you know, th- there will always be a, a a debate as to you know whether that was the right choice or not to make him there. I mean, like, why didn't why didn't Obi Wan turn into Ewan McGregor or something like that? Well, you know? I think that's kind of where my that's where is therein lies my problem with it. And I mean, like the 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 big redeeming quality of the prequels to me is that uh, Ewan McGregor really. I think brought more life to the character of Obi-Wan than Alec Guinness did. But then I also hear similar stories about how to Alec Guinness, it was kind of a job too. Like he didn't, he wasn't as um, much invested into it as like, I think every fan hopes he would have been. Uh, I think he kind of approached it as, I think as a job. You know, there, there's, there's something to that. Cause Brian, Brian Blessed said in the same interview too, you know, people always ask, because because they were in theater together and they knew each other and they said uh, did did Alec Guinness kind of hate and as some of the stories go did, did he hate Star Wars did he want to be not a part of it and Brian Bliss said oh absolutely false he loved Star Wars and uh, but I think like anything um, as it, as as the fan base grows there becomes sort of an expectation of the character and uh, there may be a point at which you do kind of like push back sometimes gently sometimes harshly at the fans um when when the mania of it starts to intrude on having a career having a life those sorts of things and and that that has been one of the one of the ongoing curses of star wars i think um from the very beginning is that uh once once you're associated with star wars you will always be associated with star wars well it, it is true but I, I think that i think you're right i think that some of the actors that have been you know in these you know, productions have, have taken it in different ways. Uh, I think that Alec Guinness did like the very best. He he put his all into the role, and I mean, and it's a significant role. But in the end, you know, he wasn't maybe at the time even a uh, like the same as like Ewan McGregor coming in to play a character he's a fan of. Like, you know, he's coming into going. I get I get to be Obi Wan. Like, this is a guy that like this is a character that was amazing in these movies and I get to like be this character, you know, it, it's a different take of someone who's like really enthusiastic to add to the mythology versus like, you know, Alec Guinness, I have to say probably was like to him, he was creating a character and that was the job and he did it really well. Uh, but he, that doesn't necessarily make him have to be like a fan of even the genre, you know, more or less. Cause I don't think that yeah. he really did anything like this ever you know, before or after. I think that was maybe like his only sort of foray into sci-fi. I think I think you're right on that. But yeah. I mean, the long and the short of it is he went on to be Doctor Who in a different 
spin on that character, but yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, exactly. there's, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's it, interesting, you know, it, and no one will really ever know the full story except the people that were, you know, involved, which is their own feelings mm-hmm. and they're, you know, welcome to hang on to those. But mm-hmm. uh, in the sake of, you know, moving on. Uh, Indeed. Yeah. I was gonna you say, feel you like should... you got everything out you wanted to say about four, five, and six? Or Absolutely not. But like you say, we have to move <laughs> well, on. Uh, you yeah. know? An, an hour is not going to be enough. To, we could probably yeah, do an hour I, on each, each movie if we wanted I to. Could write, but... I could write books about this stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, so let's go into a little bit more recent history. Um, and we can actually, you know what? I'm going to let's, let's keep this a little bit more timeline centric so we dodged uh we talked a little bit about one but not the other so we talked about rogue one which i thought was great there's one Mm. more sort of in the middle movie and that's uh solo and you know for me uh solo i came way late to it i didn't even go to see it in the theater Uh, i don't Mm, know what it was i you know maybe there's something about well you'll never know but i'll never know now but (laughs) i mean but every every commercial every little thing for it just didn't fire off like the sense mm. to drag me into the theater to see it in the theater and uh mm. we did eventually watch it and i have to say you know i mean i enjoyed it it was a very entertaining movie there's lots of good stuff in it um it uh i actually my son and i were just having a conversation about it because we realized oh you know darth maul has to get away in the clone wars because he's in <laughs> the end of solo like he's still running a criminal organization in the end of solo mm. so you know we know certain things will happen because of that. So it, it has that nice tie into it. Uh, and it tells a great story in and of itself. But I think to me, it's more one of those ones that <clears throat> it was, it was good, but it also, if it never existed, it wouldn't really take away much for me either. But and I, there's a lot of people are going to hate me over that because there's a lot of fans of the movie, yourself included. And I, and again, I liked it. Um, yeah. I just wasn't like super won over. But, uh, I will say um, I will rate it higher than the prequels, but, mm-hmm. but I, I'd almost would watch any of the other movies. Solo that. Solo came into it in in at a time when there was a lot of uh, consternation, perhaps about the fate of Star Wars and what was going on with it. And to be sure, there were always rumblings of production trouble, and I think it it got like the people who did. Uh, into the Spider-Verse were originally attached to Solo and you think like, what a great movie they would have turned out. Hmm. Um, but, uh, but whatever, you know, as they say, creative difficult or creative differences happened and uh, the movie got handed off to Ron Howard, um, friend of Lucas, friend of Spielberg, who, um, who took the pieces and, and, and made it into something um, quite good. I will say, you know, but rather than talk about the movie itself, I'd talk about the the lead up to the movie. This came uh, between the Last Jedi and um and 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 uh, Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker, yeah. It it's was released. Of, it's weird how it's kind of like yeah. in there, like <laughs> yeah. And, and 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 as, as since since um since uh. The Force Awakens. They they they've started doing like these winter releases as opposed to like summer releases for mm-hmm. the movies. And Solo came in the summer. Um, and my wife, being a lifelong Star Wars fan herself, would not allow a Star Wars movie to come out that we didn't see on opening night. 
So I was kind of committed to this movie, regardless of my feelings of it. You know, like, I, and and to be honest, it wasn't it wasn't a hard sell for me to like Star Wars movie. Sure, I'll go see this, but I I I wasn't quite sure what to expect. I'm like, I'm, we're gonna go in, we're gonna see it. You know, like I I, I tried to with, with with a lot of Star Wars movies before leading up to it in, in recent years. I've, I've tried to like you know like maybe I'll watch one preview and then just shut the rest off and just like never never watch it again like because that's all i should see is one teaser i don't want to spend a lot of time picking apart a trailer i don't want to guess like what side character it was shown because usually they end up being somebody who was on screen for only two seconds and it doesn't matter things like that so so whatever it was i was sold you know like the fact that they recast um a you know a younger han solo i've already been sold on things like the young indiana jones chronicle so i'm like this is gonna happen this is not yeah, we, 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 i don't we've even seen think the that reboot. bothered me that no, didn't even yeah. bother me at all i actually thought they chose pretty well from a visual standing i've seen it's like eh, you know what it it works for me i you know I, that didn't bother me absolutely and it's it's things like um i mean we've seen something similar done with like even the star trek movies when they recast the whole cast of star trek to kind of re-release sure. these uh these new uh kelvin universe star treks um so so that didn't bother me at all. Um, even the little nods that they make throughout the movie, like, oh, this is how, you know, this is where the dice come from. This is where uh, this is where his gun comes from, you know, things like that. Um, I had no problem at all with that. In fact, I was I was super excited uh, to have a. Uh, you know, Lando in the movie too. Just kind of like, I, I think uh, yeah, he came Lando, across as like the, the scene stealer right, in that. Lando was kind of the high point for me. I mean, going into that movie, there was uh, like, if they're going to tell a solo story, it's like, okay, going into it, watching it, it's like, I better see them make the Kessel run and I better see him win his ship from Lando. And both of those things happen. So, I mean, I saw yeah. that. Like, it's like, if you're going to tell a solo story, either you're going to do Star's End which would be cool. I mean, that'd be a great trilogy in and of itself. Sure. sure. Or you're going to see how he got the Millennium Falcon and all that. And they kind of, they did some pretty solid storytelling in there. Um, they, it's interesting how much I think was fed from like backstory from the comics and the novels about like his childhood on Corellia and, you know, what kind of got him into like this whole underworld element of the mm-hmm. Star Wars universe. I mean, I think they, they did a pretty good job with that. I just think, and I like that they they did kind of do a nod to him being in the imperial military, which was always something that was right, right. You know, I think yeah, um, and it makes it gives more credence to things like we just watched in you know the Empire Strikes Back, where he's like attached onto the back of the Star Destroyer and goes, "Well, if they follow, they follow the procedure, yeah. they'll dump all their trash and we'll release before it they go away. to light speed, and then we'll just yeah." And you, you kind of uh, brush that off when you're watching it, and then they like talk about, oh, he was, you know, in the academy to be an imperial pilot. It's like, oh, that that totally makes sense now, you know. And it's kind of it it did okay. I it did fill some gaps in there pretty nicely. It's just and I don't know. And, uh, and some people criticize it for that, but I, honestly, I think I, I I could yeah I could just eat that stuff up because I I think it's a great standalone movie. I think it you know it, it doesn't bog itself down with the uh, the force or stuff like that. I mean, it's clearly eh, like on the fringes, but it doesn't, um, it doesn't uh, overburden itself. It's a fun, you know, heist type movie. Um, it's kind of a Western almost. And like, you know, like, like when they raid the train and, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, run for the border kind of stuff. Um, I think it's got some great 
new characters in it. Um, you know, sadly, some of which are dispatched. I mean, like like <laughs> fairly early into the movie, but or early into their introduction. But uh, but it does some some really fantastic things. Um, great performance by Phoebe Waller Bridge in that. Uh, again, like one of the, one of those a uh, different take on a on a new droid that you've ever. Mm-hmm. that you haven't seen before and understand that, that there's a there's a sly reference that they make um in the movie that later gets sort of like it, you can you can take a line from uh empire and sort of tie it to that which is like i don't know where your computer learned to speak but it has the most peculiar dialect <laughs> and you're like eh, i know why now you're right <laughs> um <laughs> uh yeah but, i, uh, I... Yeah. I, I did like it. Uh, I like how, what you were talking about kind of leads me into the next thing I want to talk about because timeline centric wise, mm-hmm. uh, our next offering would be the Mandalorian, which is something that is very, um, very different. Are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure? I'm almost positive. Uh, I believe timeline wise, as they're talking about things that are going on in the Outer Rim, it is post. Return of the it's Jedi. A, it's about five years post Return of the Jedi. Solo comes right. like several years before Star Wars, but well, before, saying, I'm like, sorry, before Episode Four, but yeah. But taking t- we we kind of backstepped and talked a little bit about uh, Solo. Yeah. So I'm saying like yeah. if we take basically if we look at the prequels, Rogue One, Solo, Four, mm-hmm. Five, and Six, then we get the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And okay. to me, this was something that is a bit more of what I hope Disney can keep running on track because this was again in the flavor of rogue one this is like something completely different um it's ironic that as we're doing this uh my wife and son are actually watching the the new thing they just posted on like how they put the mandalorian together and all of that um which i'm curious to watch myself but it was i saw just the beginning pieces of it where they talked about how they were going to do it with multiple directors and it's interesting that you mentioned like with the books how things kind of like got out of control with too many, you know, writers and, you know, things Mm -hmm. like that going on. And I think that, you know, maybe, uh, you know, there's a little bit of why maybe solo fell a little flat for me. There's a little bit of that. Those like too many, too many people's vision got stewed into the pot and, you know, maybe Ron Howard did kind of pull it out and give us something, you know, edible out of it. But, you know, maybe that was a little bit of, why that happened but you know somehow that didn't happen with the mandalorian so you know now we get to see like the outer rim where you know we're living in like the world of like bounty hunters and it's like very feels very much like a western um it's also very much like the was it uh lone wolf and cub you know kind of thing with the Uh, you know the ronin with the baby you know sure (laughs) Well, you know, Uh, so many good things going on there. I think there was some criticism about Mandalorian at the time because it was released uh, late in the year and people are like, why didn't we know about this so we could get all the Baby Yoda toys in time for Christmas? (laughs) And I'm going to I'm going to say Baby Yoda because screw it. I'm not that uptight about it. I know his name is the child. I know that's how they refer to him in official Disney lingo. But everybody knows Baby Yoda. It's okay. It's okay. You know, I, I hope they never give him or her a name. Um, I, you know, I think it'd be really interesting just to kind of keep it very vague about this character. But what I love about the Mandalorian is that I didn't know anything going in. To be honest, I was never a big Boba Fett fan. You know, Boba Fett was 
you know, an interesting character that was on screen for a few minutes, but I never really bought into them. I don't care how badass he is. I just, you know, he, he just wasn't a big selling point for me. I thought it was interesting to kind of like tie his history to the clones in the prequel, but there was no anticipation of that. You know, there, uh, that just kind of happened sort of like, Oh, okay. So that's, that's how Boba Fett works in his way. And they, 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 when, when they were digitally inserting things into episode four, they gave like Boba Fett a brief nod where he stops and looks almost directly at the camera in one scene. Um, right. <laughs> you know, why, why just, just to have him in there just so they could say, yeah, he's been in just about every movie now. Um, but regardless. Okay. But the, what I loved about the Mandalorian was that I didn't know anything going in and to see that, you know, to get through the whole thing and go, this is actually pretty good. And then by the end, when, when the asset is revealed, you go, Oh my God. Oh my God. And just kind of have that moment of shock and wonder where you're just kind of like, it's a Yoda. You know, we don't know what it is. We don't know what to call it. I hope we never know what, I hope we never give it a name. But we just say, it's a Yoda. (laughs) And just to have that kind of cool thing, because, and this is, this is where I dive a little bit into my mythology roots. And, and, you know, because I went, I didn't, I took some writing classes myself and, um, but I, I took a lot of uh, literature classes and we all talked about like, you know, building story and things like that. And one of the, the characters, you know, you can say whatever you want about all of these different characters in the saga and, and kind of, you know, put them into certain archetypes and have them fill certain roles. But one thing we never really get a good history on is Yoda himself. We don't know his history. We know that he's like 900 years old, but that's all we know. He's like, he must've been around and seen some stuff. Um, but I, I I I don't know how how factual this is, but what from what I understand, there's been sort of this mandate that like there will be no novels written about Yoda. There will be no history, you know, no no origin story of Yoda. You know, like it, it, it's better that we leave that in mystery. We kind of leave something to the imagination with Yoda. And I am 100% on board with that because I like to write my own story about like like I I kind of think that he kind of grew up like as a beggar and was poor on the streets and then kind of learned sword fighting from like, like almost like a, like a samurai kind of a lone wolf and cub sort of story. That's the story that I tell myself in my head anyway, when it comes to Yoda, somebody else may think something different. Maybe he was discovered, you know, early and taught and just kind of brought up in the, in the, in the, in the Jedi lore since birth, but I don't care. You know, that, that's the story that you tell you, yourself. So <laughs> when it comes to the child, I think it's like, Hey, we're going to tell this story. But we're not going to call him Yoda. In fact, you know, like he's already clearly not Yoda. Um, but we're going to be able to tell a kind of story that 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 may sort of like be analogous to like how how Yoda was maybe discovered himself and how he was brought up and 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 he had some sort of shady roots, like he traveled with like this rough and tumble bounty bounty hunter, and he kind of learned the dark side, and he'll maybe he will you know eventually come around. Uh, you know, there'll there'll be some sacrifices made and stuff like that. I mean, like like if if you're familiar with Lone Wolf and Cub at all, there's you know some dark stuff that happens, um, and you know eventually sacrifices have to be made. Um, uh, so I think like the, the the whole story of the Mandalorian may not be ultimately a good one for the Mandalorian himself, but it will be a a sort of a heroic journey for him because he, it sort of leads him out of this this dark place into this light place and, and, and gives him that, that moment of like peace and recollection. Anyway, I, 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 I love, I love going on about this kind of stuff, mm. but, but, but I love the Mandalorian for that, that they were able to surprise me about star Wars for like, like, like 
be a you know a complete original surprise and um and and from like the the last moment of the series i was sold i'm like okay i'm on board with this i because like i i was not cool about this idea of like this bounty hunter story like it'll, it'll be what it is and i'll just watch it because it's star wars you know because why not you know but but now it's like now we're telling a story that i want to hear more about you know we're, 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 we're it's not just a story of the mandalorian it's a story of how this this youth journeys to become um you know a a powerful being um and you know this the the story that we never got of yoda yeah, I, it's funny, like, uh, I love hearing your take on that, and then um, I'm going to go in a completely different tangent. <laughs> Fire um, away, that's the road to base. I have, and you've seen, like, my collectibles, some of that, so you know, you know, like many other people know me, I am a huge fan of Boba Fett. Um, and that evolved into not being a fan of Boba Fett, but of the Mandalorian race as a whole and a lot of this was brought to life in the old republic comics that were done by dark horse so Mm -hmm. they talk a lot about what the mandalorians were like in the past and it was like there's a lot of how their armor evolved and their armor what evolved to point because they fought the jedi like these were people that did not have the force and so they had to use something else and that was their uh, intuitiveness and their inventiveness and they would create tools that would let them be on equal terms with the Jedi and we see little bits of that even in uh, Return of the Jedi when they fight on the skiff and you know Luke's at his lightsaber and he fires a little cable and like ties his hands up and you know you can tell that they have all these get their armor is just like pieces of gadgets and things that are it, like everyone is unique like every single Mandalorian has some similar aspects but it's like uh, they put their stuff together and you never really got that story. You just kind of pick up on that. And then when they announced that we're going to do this story, it's like, Oh, we're going to get to see like this mythology finally like fleshed out. And that could be good or bad. Like we've talked about how sometimes when we get what we think we want, it ends up not being what we want <laughs> at all. Mm-hmm. And so I had a little bit of fear going into this, but uh, it was uh, totally uh, not needed because I think they did a fabulous job of see Boba Fett to me was this mysterious character that they never really revealed his face or anything like that. And then the prequels mm. kind of undid that until you know, they, they did kind of like, yeah, <laughs> until they did. But part of the mystery of Boba Fett was like, this is this character that somehow for whether he's your favorite or not, there are a lot of people that this part of the reason he got put into so many more things was that he was such a popular character, even for his tiny little amount of, screen time that you know people wanted to know more about him and you know we got into uh one of the uh more interesting things about the clone wars was them doing an like entire couple of entire arcs about the mandalorians and like on their home world and how they had transitioned from being an extremely warlike people like we saw in like the old republic to trying to be a more peaceful society and that they just couldn't reconcile those two uh, elements like they was so ingrained of this like past culture of you know armor wearing warriors that they couldn't rationalize that with being peaceful you know and uh it, it's interesting that we're seeing this like all the extra little pieces like the whole you know this is the way uh the armor who like they you know they have to earn their pieces of armor they can't just fabricate it themselves you know kind of thing um there's an interesting point brought up in a, in a storyteller's uh, interview where they talked about, you know, Django and Boba Fett, 
you know, being, oh, well, it seems like they just had their armor and the writers, yeah, maybe they weren't true Mandalorians. No one ever said they were. I was like, oh, that's interesting. So the, this is like, we're finally, in a way, we're kind of seeing, like, if Mandalorian, as they said in the series, is a religion, we're seeing, the like, the purists, like, the people who follow the religion the way it was intended to be versus, like, I just, you know, got a suit of armor and I want to, like, scare people because they think I'm a Mandalorian kind of thing, which is an interesting, you know, somewhat of a shadow on the characters of, like, Django and Boba Fett, but it also makes their characters maybe a little bit more mysterious and interesting at the same time. Um, the whole thing with the uh, with the child or baby Yoda is a nice little extra piece to me, but in a way it almost seems like uh, a little bit more of a leaning into comedic relief uh, until they got to the end of the season where they kind of like, you know, his new mission is to get, you know, the child back to his people. So I think at some point we are going to learn more about like the species that like Yoda comes from. And, you know, the stories we like you to say, you know, the stories we tell each other about Yoda, like where you saying, Oh, I think he, you know, grew up on the streets and stuff like that. And to me, I always see Yoda as like being 800 years old, that he came of age and became a Jedi during an era of peace, which is why he's such a, you know, endearing and wise character is that he didn't fight through countless wars and stuff like that and didn't necessarily go through as much, maybe a little bit because the Clone Wars show him to be, you know, at least a passing general with, a, you know, some mind for strategy. But, you know, not to the extent that he's in as much of the front lines as like Anakin and Obi-Wan were. So I always saw him as maybe more of the product of a of a bygone era of a more peaceful society where he benefited from being able to be more introspective and learn more and gather more wisdom. Um, whereas that wasn't the same environment that Obi-Wan and Anakin and, and even Luke and everyone grow up into is that they grow into a, an era of strife and war and, and they're products of that, you know, that, which makes them fundamentally different of what we see, you know, from Yoda. But like I said, that's why we debate this stuff, right? Yeah, I, I, that's an interesting take, and um, you know, and I, I appreciate, I, like, I know, uh, it's it's I, I guess Boba Fett for me is almost like the Punisher in some ways. Like, <laughs> right, I, 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 I guess. Like, it's, it's you like, feel a little bit like that. Yeah, he's, he's 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 kind of a popular character. I'm kind of iffy on him, you know, like eh, just man, and 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 well, actually been suggested. It's actually been suggested. I mean, you you brought up an interesting point that like like Boba Fett and Jango may not actually be true Mandalorians, like like not from right. the planet Mandalore in any respect. And it's been very interesting because I know um, Dave Filoni has been a, a, a huge driving force in the um, the connection of these stories and the continuation of these these stories that that. Uh, that move the mythology forward and, 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 and unite it. Um, he's been a driving force in that glue that keeps sort of like the, the, the universe on track. And well, there's a very, there's a very big reason that they talk about, like when you get to the finale of the Mandalorian where, mm -hmm. and I cannot remember the character's name, but the, uh, whoever the moth is or whatever that shows up, uh, Gideon. cuts his way Gideon. Yeah, Gideon where he cuts his way out with the dark saber and anyone who mm -hmm. has watched the clone war season with that and they go oh it's a dark saber and that's definitely like that's a Filoni creation and it made well, me that's... not surprised at all when they talked about um Ahsoka possibly being in the next season is like oh of course that would be perfect because if the dark saber's shown up then 
you know, that's one more tie back to the whole, you know, Clone Wars series. That's going to be, um, yeah, really interesting because the Darksaber does have such a connection to the Mandalorians in general, like the original Mandalorians. Um, and it was, it's, it was almost a, a conflict to, to, to come from things like the Clone Wars and the Rebels series and say, this is these aren't you know like this is the Mandalorian clan. We never, I mean, we know that they had clans, but but this is they're talking in ways like I never take off my helmet. I've seen hundreds of Mandalorians without their helmets, you know, right. like it's uh, they're they're, they're more popular the, with them on. But you know, like, well, with the storytellers interview that I saw where they're interviewing various people that have been working on Mandalorian and stuff like that is like that's where they draw they this like thread of saying maybe what you've seen before, and I think it's interesting because to me the Mandalorian introduced an actual like Mandalorian and it really, like I am firmly in the camp that like Django and Boba that wore Mandalorian armor, but that didn't necessarily make themselves like devout Mandalorians. Like they, the, the interview, I think alluded to the idea is like, you know, the people at the church on Christmas and Easter, <laughs> that's Boba Fett yeah. and Django Fett, you know, okay. they wear the armor for the <laughs> reputation and to be associated with it, but it doesn't necessarily make them, like true believers in this and i think that's why you can you can get into the idea of like they don't remove their helmets and you know in front of other people of course actual mandalorians don't and how many of them have we actually seen well none really these are the first ones we've seen there's also been some talk about how with the empire basically (laughs) wiping them out effectively that maybe the only ones left are the devout ones who haven't been showing their faces so that's harder to hunt them down you know, well, there's maybe a little bit of both going on there. There's there's a funny thread that somebody posted about like you know, uh, two Mandalorians, or like like no, a non Mandalorian meets a Mandalorian and says like, uh, okay, so you're a Mandalorian, and, and it's basically done in the in the context of like talking about Judaism, like uh, right. so why don't I see you like as like you're 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 a devout Mandalorian? No, no, I'm <laughs> like um, like like the the non the non devout one, <laughs> you know. Right. I'm still, I'm, I'm still Jewish. I'm just not Jewish like with the hat and the braid. <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. But I, the, some part about me kind of can buy into that. Like, you know, if you start looking at it like a religion, some of the new stuff they introduce actually starts making a whole lot more sense. Like, even if you go back to the Clone Wars, which is like where a lot of that argument shows up, is like, oh, Bo-Katan and all these other ones, they take their helmets off all the time. Sabine took her helmet off all the time. It's like, that's true, but we're also talking about a people that we know from the Clone Wars were struggling with their identity of reconciling the past with the future. And so I think what we saw in the Clone Wars were a lot of these sort of not as devout uh, Mandalorians. And I think that to, to me, from a writing standpoint, it seems like what we have by the time we get to the Mandalorian is that maybe that all that's left are the super devout Mandalorians. And so that's why we're sort of seeing this as uh, almost like this unique culture uh, you know, but not like that. Maybe this is the way they've always been, and we just haven't seen that because they're more of a like devout, you know, sect of it. Um, which, incidentally, speaking of like typing it back to Clone Wars, how great was the episode where like that was during the Clone Wars? Uh, like that was amazing. <laughs> well, you mean like the, the the season finale or the series finale? Right, where they show him as a child, uh, you know, getting rescued by like the Death Watch uh you know mandalorians who oh, were like and you you see heard... like the droid army like attacking his village and then they get rescued by the mandalorians mm-hmm. and it's something i noticed with a co-worker as we were talking about this and 
because you know that the markings on them were the same as the Death Watch uh, Mandalorians in the Clone mm. Wars. And like, I went back and watched it. I was like, he's right. He's absolutely right. It's like, it's, it is the Death Watch guys from, you know, the Clone Wars, which I thought was, could be an interesting part of the backstory mm. because if he was, if he was rescued by them, maybe he didn't, you know, maybe he started like up the path of being like in Death Watch, which as we know is also where like Bo-Katan, uh, who, mm-hmm ended up we see her in rebels sort of becoming the leader of the mandalorian and if he you know if the character from the mandalorian sort of grew up in that era then it adds even more emphasis on the appearance of the dark saber because he kind of would have been he would have been there during those events when like sabine recovered the dark saber and gave it to bo katan and you know and did all of that but that's something i'm sure that they'll probably line up a little bit more uh as we go through but i mean to me it's just it's this jewel in the whole Star Wars universe, because again, it's like they're telling a story, not even in a movie, but they're telling it in one hour episodes that, I don't know about you, but I was just like, just waiting for that next episode to to come out. Like it was, Mm -hmm. it was, you know, that phenomenal of, it's been a while since I felt that, you know, for a, you know, a show that, you know, there hasn't been really, other than cartoons, there hasn't been much in the way of Star Wars on TV um and you know because of that uh, it made it even that much more impressive that they were able to pull it off i i, I don't know i whatever you know i, I i'm not i'm not i'm not dismissing it I'm, I'm thinking i'm 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 in it i'm i'm sold on it whatever it is you know like i um there will be so I'm, take I'm, after i'm take calling it after. i'm calling yep. it now uh the mandalorian uh, end up going back in time and the child is What no. an incon one an inconvenient time no, for audio to cut out. Yeah, I heard the, we'll be go back in time. Uh, what, and the child will be. What I said is that, the, is that the Mandalorian <laughs> and the child will go back in time, and it will turn out that the child is Yoda. <laughs> we haven't really done any time. No, that's no, not there's, true. There's we have, no we way. Have, there have there has been there some has time been, traveling. Yeah. Oh my! I, I hate I hate to own up for the idea that by no, no, saying that no. I I just made it true, but. Uh, that would be like the darkest. That would be the darkest well, timeline right there. If, they... if 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 you go back to like the last couple episodes of Rebels, um, yeah, there, right, there was like the... the bridge, the bridge between worlds and stuff like that. You know, yeah. like, oh, ooh, what if we? No, uh, that 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 gets yeah. that gets into lore. You know, that gets into some real heavy Star Wars lore stuff. Well, let's. Um, I'd like to. Let's see. I want. For we can break this sake, up. Let's. Well, for time's sake, let's jump into. Um, the more recent movies. So, um, the, uh, the, the, we now know the Ray Skywalker series. Uh, mm. I have to, you know, as these movies came out again, I was in kind of that same hype point, uh, that I was with the announcement of the prequels, but like we both kind of voiced is that, you know, Disney had fully taken over at this point and had, you know, thrown all the books to the curb as like, we're not doing any of that stuff. Um, which was disappointing, but then in the same token, it's like, oh, but maybe it'll be great. And then we get uh, The Force Awakens, which for me was, like I said, it had started kicking off this thing, was starting with like Rogue One, where these movies were coming out at around Christmas time. And you know, my friend mm-hmm. uh, Don that I talked about uh, earlier, uh, we have like kind of like a, with my family, it's, it's been somewhat traditional that there was a start Christmas. And so Don would, you know, we would all go with Don and my kids don't want to go see a movie in the theater without, you know, without Dawn. And so this is like, we did Rogue One 
and you know then when the force awakens came out we 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 went in for that one and i remember you had gone first mm-hmm. and uh then we were going like a day or two afterwards and it was hilarious because the story i'll tell about this is that uh the movie one of the high points in the movie was completely spoiled for me because i think i was working on the floor and uh people were all chatting about oh is uh just got out of the movie i was like great well we, we were, was we were about 50 feet from a movie theater. right uh like, how was it it goes oh it's really amazing solo died it's like what the, uh, I was like, I completely checked out of the conversation and i was and i was done but the funny to put light on that is that we went to see the movie and i'm like well i know it's going to happen at some point so i'm waiting for it waiting for it and uh my daughter was was uh, gwen was really young at the time and so she uh, oftentimes uh didn't have the best bathroom control that you would hope for so uh, mm. At some point, she announces, I have to go to the bathroom. And so my wife and my daughter exit, uh, go to the bathroom. And as they're out, like, I think they left right when they landed on the the death planet or whatever. I can't remember what it was called, but, like, the whole planet, like, the death star killer. thing. Yeah. yeah, so they land on Star-killer that. And by the time she, when she gets back, they're taking off in the Millennium Falcon. And my wife comments, like, uh, where's Han? And Don and I were like, oh, yeah, about that. <laughs> like he got killed it's just like what like and at that point she now has announced that anytime we go to a movie i have to take gwen to the bathroom because she missed out on that moment she's gonna hold it (laughs) over my head over my head forever but i it was interesting in like watching that movie it it lived up to my expectations um there are a few like weird things that i wonder it's interesting like i they're in my head that they're like they didn't answer this question they didn't answer this question and i think re-watching them i want to pay a little attention and see if they actually did but it, it was kind of nice in that i think that they they used original just enough of the original characters to like showcase new characters uh i didn't like every new character that they did but mm. you know there's enough of it to enjoy what was going on um, it was it it fed the nostalgia element to me where we got to see Han Solo and uh, you know Princess Leia and uh, you know we see Lando uh, in the series as well, um, but they're kind of peripheral to it, um, which was maybe the right thing to do. Uh, I thought it was very interesting how they did that. Um, it was when they bring Luke into the fold uh, at the end mm-hmm. of the the first one and into the second one. I don't know what I expected. Uh, it was very interesting to see a disgruntled uh, Luke who was like completely disillusioned with everything. Um, you know, being the idealist that we kind of saw going into, you know, through four, five, and six. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. made this, but it just made me wonder. It's like uh, well, I wanted to see more of what happened. And if there's anything that was a low point for me is that I don't think they told us enough of the story. Like uh, I didn't. I wanted to see more of, of, you know, what happened with, uh, you know, Kylo Ren. Uh, I wanted to see, like, who are these Knights of Ren that, like, they're trying to build up to be, like, sort of these fearsome things that, like, really weren't, you know. Um, I was firmly in the uh, camp. Uh, I know you were part of several of these conversations. I was absolutely convinced that Rey was, like, the uh, daughter of Obi-Wan kenobi which i thought i still think to this day would have been an amazing spin on that but uh, i definitely did not see the uh you know being the daughter of palpatine or granddaughter of palpatine 
I didn't see that coming. So that was at least a, a nice you know, unpredictable factor to that. I, but I worry spin. that I, I, wor I worry that that sometimes they're influenced too much by the fans who start talking and start guessing so that they feel like they have to make some sort of left left wing turn to, you know, to to say, haha, it wasn't what you thought at all, you know, because <laughs> I think I think the fact that uh, an Obi-Wan daughter could have been an interesting or or an Obi-Wan sibling or, you know, like an Obi-Wan uh, niece or something like that. It didn't have to be you know, daughter. He didn't have to like break his Jedi vows or anything like that. Although that was certainly a, a, an idea that was floated in in one of the series. Um, it could have been it could have been anything. And to to have it come out and say no, 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 it was the Emperor's daughter. And you kind of go like, what? But I think yeah. from you know from the opening crawl of the final movie, you're already going, what? Like the dead speak? How we didn't you know show don't tell. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, like when you say, the, that's why I'm hoping that you know the 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 magic of storytelling in in uh, animation will come forward and kind of maybe help us fill some of those gaps a little. Yeah, bit. and I think you know I was I just got uh, uh, I think I was just caught in this idea of how they were using like the Clone Wars and Rebels and stuff like that as sort of this like you said the cement and mortar to kind of hold everything together. And, you know, that when someone had put forth this theory that I bought into because it made so much sense and it made me see things with diff a different viewpoint was this idea of like, and I think it was, ideally it was going to be that, that Ray was Obi-Wan's granddaughter. And they mm -hmm. had put it together uh, with like referring back to, uh, again, back to this Mandalorian, the Mandalorian cycle episodes that Filoni like was a right. huge part of, of where he had this relationship with, uh, Kryza, uh, uh, yeah, Kryza, who is like part of the uh, family that Sabine is a member of, and so is Bo-Katan, and he had mm -hmm. had this relationship that they kind of dance around this whole time. We never really know how far things went, other than that he basically says that he seriously considered leaving the order for her, and like if he she had asked, he probably would have, and if there's this idea that they that a child was involved out of that it's a whole nother spin. And when you look at how he deals with Anakin, like there's, you know, even like it gives me chills to think of that story and think of that moment where he looks at um, Padme and says, Anakin's the father, isn't he? Uh, and think about that idea of like, he goes, I was there. I, that happened to me and I stayed with the order, uh, but I know what I went through and now I've got to help my friend Anakin. You know, even though he's fallen so far, it's like, I understand where he's coming from. And like, it, it just, it felt like a nice little piece of like sort of flipping the table of like where, you know, Obi-Wan, you know, failed, so to speak with Anakin, uh, gets a second chance somewhat with Luke, uh, only for Luke in turn to then have to help, you know, Obi-Wan's distant, you know, well, the one generation removed relative, you know, come to, like the force just felt like this great little piece of like perfect circular, circular like, storytelling, like yeah, perfect book, perfect bookends onto it. Um, and I'm not saying that what they did was worse. Um, it was different. And like I said, it was a, a nice curveball to throw into it, but it, I don't know. It's just somehow it didn't feel as powerful. Um, but I know yeah. that they're trying to go through that. They, like they're even the writers and stuff were talking about how they just kept wanting to stick to this. Like she's the daughter of nobody important. 
like in in a way that almost might have been better like that somehow you know similar to anakin showing up in the prequels as like the like potentially the most powerful jedi who comes from nowhere basically uh to have a similar type of character rise up uh would have been in some ways better than what they did with like oh but she's like the daughter of like you know palpatine who's super evil and you know that kind of thing it's i don't know there's yeah uh, they had to tie it into legacy and all that stuff but sure yeah yeah no I, and i get that i just think that i i think that those are also the product somewhat of multiple visions colliding with each other uh and not necessarily being as cohesive as they maybe could have been Definitely, yeah, there, there's definitely something to that. And then the truth is, like, you know, write your own story, you know, like, in some ways, you know, you'll you'll, you'll tell your own story that, that'll make sense to you in your own head, or you'll just walk away from it, you know, and you have to let some of those, those arguments and those those fans go, just, just sure. let those things, you know, fall to the side, because if, if I try to, if I try to weave all the things together with what we've just been given, it's like trying to put together a puzzle of which, you know, like 10 pieces, 50, you know, t- anywhere from 10 to 50 pieces are missing in, in a, in a huge puzzle. And I'm, I'm never going to be satisfied with the end result. I think that um, may be why I'm so much more satisfied with like the Mandalorian stuff is because it is disconnected from that. Like it, it, I mean, Yoda is really like the fact that the child is like of his species is maybe the only real connection there is you know to the whole skywalker saga and maybe there's something refreshing uh in that which kind of leads me to the last little piece i want to wrap up with because uh i'd like to keep this in the sort of the one and a half hour mark but go for it bearing that in mind going forward what would you want to what do you want to see out of the star wars universe like if there was a story to tell what do you what would you want to see um, what I would like to see, you know, in, in my head, uh, again, I, I studied mythology. I've, I've read the books about mythology. I, I, I still feel like the best story to be told would be one that takes us far away from what we know. Um, it just goes into some other part of the universe. You know, me, I, I the story I kind of want to tell, like if somebody gave me the, the green light to make whatever Star Wars movie I wanted to make, it would be about a surviving Jedi who basically runs for his life, but he runs so far away that, you know, he's left behind any trace of, you know, the extending Imperial empire. He's left the the galaxy. Um, and he's in some other part of the universe where the aliens are different. The people are different. It's a, it's a different structure. Um, and he, he basically has, or he or she in this case um, will have their own, um, their own quest, you know, and, and build their own, uh, you know, Jedi order, you know, kind of restructured in a, in a different way. Like uh, we're going to take the ideals of the Jedi, but apply them in this different sense. And we're going to bring some sort of knowledge to um, a different part of the universe. That's, that's kind of what I would like to see. I'd like to see something that sort of breaks away from what we know. I mean, I, I like the Mandalorian because while it does sort of like, tie into some of the things that we do know it it it's still you know like they still end up on tatooine in one episode there's still jawas there's still uh you know all these these little fingerprints that we know about the series they end up in the same cantina which i think was fantastic but just like all these little nods that sort of keep it all very grounded in the same universe 
And I have no problem with that. But if I if I wanted to see something different, it would take us to a completely new place. Um, oh. While well, we're saying we we know what these we know what Jedi are, we know what lightsabers are, uh, but but here's something completely different, and we're just sort of inserting it into a different world. So it's interesting you mentioned that because there was a like a concept that was introduced in the Timothy Zahn books about a project called Outbound Flight which was a group mm. of Jedi had decided that they needed to leave the galactic rim and explore what was out there. And no one really knows what happened to them, um, which I thought was like a, the super interesting idea. And then they like discovered the ship and kind of ruined that whole mystery in the books. But uh, in the beginning, when they introduced that concept was very similar to what you were talking about. And I kind of, part of me wanted to see, like what would that be like? Like what hap- What would happen to this ship that left, like the left the galactic rim and like just headed for the unknown? And it's a ship full of, you know, full of Jedi, you know. And what would that entail? With we know all these differing personalities that Jedi had and stuff like that. It might be very, very intriguing. So I definitely that would be that would be very cool. Um, I think contrary me, to that, you know, if if somebody gave me an in-universe movie movie to make and just said keep it in the world, I'd say I want to see the best pod racing movie ever. You know, <laughs> I would just want to see just 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 a fun one-off. You know, like let's like because I think one of the one of the, my favorite parts of like even the the Phantom Menace is just the pod racers and um, seeing all the different characters and like some have families and some are gamblers and some are you know, just like. Well, there's a whole bunch of little stories you could tell there, and I think you could have a, like a really cool, fast and furious, like car racing kind of thing. Um, like, like, like what's what's the what's the shady world of pod racing like on all these different planets, and you know, have a kind of a Grand Prix style movie about pod racing. And I think that would just yeah. be fun. <laughs> I think for me, from like a, a mythology and a building standpoint, as I would to go way i like to turn on the way way back machine and i think some part of me wants to see this original like the the what event happened that caused the schism that created sith and jedi like they all had to be at some point people that learn were learning about the force and how to manipulate it and you know all these kind of things and then at some point they became so diametrically opposed like that it's like legendary you know of Mm -hmm. like them just constantly opposing each other and it's just opposing viewpoints it's like it's like they keep talking about well the sith are for themselves and the jedi are selfless and we see evidence of like watching the jedi that not all of them are selfless and we see things within the sith of like they kind of are aspiring to order and you know there's it's that a whole like if you play role-playing games that idea of uh like lawful evil versus like chaotic good and you know, that kind of, mm-hmm. like, you have all these different parameters. I think for me, if I was going to do anything, I would love to do, like, some type of way back origin story of, like, you know, the path of the force or something like that, where it's like, you have these people that, you know, I could see this great story of these two people that are like, you know, you know, brothers or whatever, or just like the best of friends that end up somehow being diametrically opposed. And that destiny keeps playing out over and over and over again you know, through the, mm. through the eras, I think would be, would be pretty amazing. And in the sense of like what you said, it would take us somewhere we haven't seen before because it'd be so far back that they could, they could create all kinds of things that because of the weight and distance of time wouldn't have to necessarily, you know, be what we're familiar with currently, which I think could be pretty amazing. But 
you know, between the two That's of us, what I dreams think are for, right? Yeah, I think, I think, I, like, between the two of us, I think you're you're the one more likely to see your your ideal take on that because uh, with the recent announcement that Disney's made, they're going to be starting kind of starting up a new uh, tale, you know, that 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 originates like they in are. the history, yeah, of, of yeah, it's kind of where I wanted to Republic leave it and, a little bit is yeah they're the high republic is the next project that they have and it's uh, right consists of novels an unnamed animated thing that they're doing right it but in a way to me it sounds a little bit more enticing because even with the old republic you know they're talking about how there are a lot of jedi <clears throat> and a lot of sith you know at the time like the, again it's these there's these larger almost like empires warring with each other and I think the High Republic kind of talks, and I don't know as much about it, but they talk about how the Jedi are kind of at their, the peak of their influence. Uh, and then this thing called the Great Hyperspace Disaster happens. And, you know, that's the, the it, for, it makes the creation of like these hyperspace beacons and stuff like that. And the, the Jedi are more like, they kind of described them as like Texas Rangers. Like they're they're out on the fringes, like just because it's like they need a single person who can like keep order in a fairly large area. And it kind of made me feel like the same thing they talk about, like the Green Lantern Corps and stuff like that. Of like <laughs> this one person with uh, you know, uh extra abilities and powers just trying to keep law and order uh over the sector of space, you know, kind of thing. And it, Jedi it's Knight of Sector four two one. Exactly. But it's a, again, it's the same idea, of, you know, what they talk about. Like for a thousand years, the you know the Jedi kept order in the galaxy, and I kind of I, I feel those like sort of vibes coming from this. But uh, I think you're right; it's going to be very like old Republic kind of era, and that's cool because they've done some stuff in there that was really interesting in the comics, and I think they could, uh, you know, they could tell some good stories out of there. Uh, especially with the writers talking about how they they're not just going to tell stories about the Jedi. They said we're going to introduce you to new smugglers and you know like the hard scrabble like guys that are coming out to earn their fortune like during the gold rush and you know and then they have a new enemy called the Nile, which are you know they're it, it, I'm interested mm. to see what that means. And they said and we're you know so <laughs> one of the big concepts we had is like what are the Jedi afraid of, you know, and that's. And they don't say anything more than that. And it's like, okay, well, you've, you've piqued my interest. So, yeah, there's definitely a lot there for them to to play with. I'm glad that they're not in a, in some ways, you know, they're not trying to build more on the era that we're familiar with, and instead, like, going someplace very different. So, mm. hopefully, that'll pan out, and it'll be something that you know we can talk about on a future episode of you know what we think of it. Sure. Uh, and, but uh, for now, yeah. And just the latest news breaking today is that uh, Taika Waititi will direct a Star Wars film. So, yep, uh, what it is, we don't know. Where we're going but, he's, yeah. but he's already been involved in The Mandalorian. So, oh, mean, absolutely. He's yeah. Of, yeah, he's, uh, I think he's a, that he's these a character people they're in bringing Mandalorian in. Well. Sure, yeah. I mean, but these people they're bringing in, they have in a very Disney centric way, and something they've really showcased with how they've done with the MCU is, you know, these larger universe of storytelling and like turn over like a little piece of it to someone who is very skilled and see what they can do with it and uh, i think that we're the mandalorian is sort of the first wave of that kind of thing i I'll love to see what they do you know with the movie even if it ends up being a one could be great i'm, I'm really looking forward to see what they uh, do yeah with I, I, that's what i do like about also about the mandalorian they, they do give those uh 
those filmmakers and writers a, a chance to kind of like play a little bit in the Star Wars sandbox and uh, kind of dust off their sci-fi skills a little bit. Um, seeing uh, Taika Waititi uh, directed like the final episode of the Mandalorian, um, which was amazing. And you had like that mm-hmm. one moment with, with like the two troopers just talking and sort of like trying to hit the <laughs> right. cans or blasters. Like that's like that's 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 pure Taika fingerprints right there, you know. But like uh yeah I mean again this, this is <laughs> this is one of those things we could we can go on and on about and I'm sure oh, we'll absolutely. revisit yep. in the future. But uh I think for now um it's time to just again Thanks for listening. Uh, Thanks for letting us out, you guys out there, letting us ramble about Star Wars. Uh, We hope that uh, in your, uh, you know, during the dark times, uh, (laughs) we brought a little bit of entertainment to your, uh, to your quarantine. One can hope. I, yeah, (laughs) I, my heart goes out to everybody out there. I, you know, stay, stay super, but also stay safe, stay healthy. Uh, For me, I have no better advice than to say in this time of where we all feel somewhat separated, there's no better time to talk about stuff like this and go back and revisit those movies and, you know, really take into consideration what you what you enjoy about them. You know, we have, in some cases, the gift of time that we don't always have to just sit down and like, I'm really enjoying sitting down and watching these movies with my kids because yeah. most of the time it's like we're fighting against nope, we can't start this because it's bedtime. Nope, well, this might be too violent. You know, this mm-hmm. thing, you know, this is, uh, it's been, I, I think in a lot of ways, you know, this time has been a gift. And I think that we should try to spend a little bit of time looking at the bright side of the time we have. And, you know, what better way, revisit your favorite book or comic or movie in the Star Wars universe and, you know, share it with someone else that maybe hasn't seen as much into it. Tell them why you like it, you know, share that experience with them you know, through uh, the internet or through uh, a phone call or whatever method you have to, to communicate you, out there. But uh, you bring up like an interesting force. Point. Yeah. We're all bound together. Uh, I, I just, before we just quick, really quick before we wrap up too, that um, it's, it's a, it's a hard time for everybody out there. And a lot of uh, the comic book shops, a lot of your local comic book shops uh, may be struggling as well too. Um, Look into them. Look them up online, or or, or look them up. Uh, give them a call and see if they have like a, a curbside delivery service or something like that to kind of keep those guys in business. Um, I want to put a plug in for a book that I just read that's amazing, called Spider Man Life Story by uh, Chip Zdarsky and art by Mark Begley. Um, it's a really fascinating take on Spider Man. It's almost like a All Star Spider Man uh, type story where you get a, like little little flavors of all the different Spider Man um stories that have been told over the years um it's a it's a really good one uh and uh you know shout out to to uh the comic book stores that are really uh trying out there to to keep their audiences and keep them entertained with books as well too so um there's my you know elevator pitch for that <laughs> no you bring up you bring up a great point and i know a comic book stores out there will maintain boxes for you you can prepay for comics and you know have a a nice little you know package for you when things clear up a little bit if you can't get curbside delivery a lot of them will deliver to you you know on that note as well um 
you know, I have been, um, I haven't ordered comics in a while, but I've been ordering a few because I wanted to support some of the comic industry. In particular, I'm supporting a store that also does a podcast that I listen to regularly, but uh, I've been reading the the whole Iron Man 2020 lineup, which for me is, uh, as a writer, again, super interesting because they're dealing a lot with um, the post-human condition and the value you know, and that kind of stuff. They're they're broaching some really interesting storylines um, through that title, um, and I'm very excited to kind of get all of those and and read through them again in the physical copies, uh, since they're not out in digital format yet. But yeah, definitely, I, I agree with Steve. Uh, the other thing I'll bring up too is that you know my uh, I saw a lot of posts about uh, how this week, this past weekend, was supposed to be Free Comic Book Day. I think it was supposed to be on Saturday. Uh, obviously with the way that you know the quarantine process lined out that didn't happen but from everything i have seen uh this is an event that's being postponed into the summer so i think there is still going to be a free comic book day at this point they haven't canceled it uh, i just say keep an eye on your news feeds because i think this is something that's gonna you know it'll be like the sun coming out after a long winter and we're going to be able to go out and get our comics and that kind of stuff and we'll have all new things to be talking about but yeah on that note comic, i agree it's always been like a, a annual holiday for me <laughs> yeah good point stay safe but yes. definitely stay safe and as my friend steve is fond to say stay super stay super <laughs>